0: Welcome to the Jesus Collective Podcast. We're a network that exists to provide relationships and resources to amplify a Jesus-centered movement, and we seek to embody a more hopeful vision of following Jesus in our cultural moment. Join us as we learn from those who are looking to live out a greater Jesus-centricity in their areas of leadership and mission. If you're new to Jesus Collective, welcome! Check us out on social media or at jesuscollective.com for ways you can connect to this growing movement. Okay, let's get into today's podcast.
1: Well, hello and welcome to our listening audience. You are checking out the Jesus Collective podcast and we've got Paul Walker. Here I am. Here you are, Paul. And, and I'm there Shauna you are, Shauna. Warren. And I'm here too. And it's, hey, happy December. I haven't seen you in a minute.
0: It's been a minute. I I miss our regular, almost two weekly check-in chats with all these I podcasts.
1: Know, but I like know. you've been quite busy with
0: life, right? Like a lot oh, of stuff boy. going on behind the
1: scenes. Um, I need a nap, man. I need a serious <laughs> prolonged nap. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I hear people in the world talk about just the chillness of December and just being able to lean into like family and activities. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what, what (laughs) chillness? What is that? I am so busy right now. Um, But it's good. It's good. How are you, my friend?
0: Well, I totally resonate with your comments about like, what do you mean December's chill? No, December is, it's the whole thing where if you work in a church environment, you're trying to put on all these extracurricular extra service type opportunities for people. And yeah, it it's depending on your ministry context, it can demand more of you.
1: It can demand more of you. But then in the midst of all of that, we get to do fun stuff like this and have these mm. great conversations. And so- Um, That is just a very verbal to the listening audience, hello to my friend Paul, but really we're here to have this incredible conversation that we cannot wait for. And so thank you everyone for tuning in. Today is going to be a treat. So in the midst of the hustle and bustle, make sure you take some time to just sit with this and enjoy this conversation. Take it away, Paul.
0: Yeah. So we are having a conversation with two practitioners learning all about a ministry that they kind of work into at their uh, church environment. And our two guests today are Jenny Waldron. She's a campus co-lead and part of the teaching team at her church. And then also joining us, who's also connected to the same church, is Preston Almer. He's an author, um, also does spiritual formation, direction, and ministry leader. You might have heard of Preston from his work in Doubters Club, but now they're both joining us today to talk about this thing called Jesus XP, where we're pulling up a chair to just listen from some of their experience with this unique ministry offering that they're doing at their church. So welcome, Jenny. Welcome, Preston.
1: Thank you guys for being here. Woo! And And I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say, Jenny is way more impressive than Paul has led us all to believe. It's like, (laughs) Jenny is this and then Preston, which also is impressive. (laughs) So We want to to give these folks an opportunity to introduce themselves to you guys, uh, because we're going to have this great conversation, like we've said, but we cannot fully present to you who they are uh, in totality. So Jenny, let's start with with you. What can you tell us about yourself? Do not be shy. Brag mm-hmm. on yourself a bit. Just let us know who you are and what you're passionate about.
2: Oh, that's great. Well, um I'm actually just here as Preston's sidekick. So, Perfect. I'm really honored Stop. that <laughs> Preston Stop would it. choose to <laughs> allow me to be within his presence. I just I mean, if you're near him, he radiates. He glows mm-hmm. and uh just to be in his wow. shadow is a joy. No. Um, so actually, this is interesting. <laughs> Preston and I met each other. I'll talk about me in a second. But Preston and I met each other um, a few years ago, actually, when we really it was doubters club. He made some friends with some people that we knew. And we actually live in different cities and we serve different churches. So I serve a church near Seattle, Washington, called New Life. And Preston is at North Point in Springfield. And we, we actually came together through this idea of Jesus, of, um, Jesus XP. So the Jesus experience is something that drew us together and as our churches have worked together and that kind of thing. But he'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Um, but it has been a joy. And isn't it funny that sometimes we're like, Hey, I'm at this church and you're at that church, but like, isn't it Jesus's church? Like the whole thing. Yeah. It's, and like, you can go anywhere in the world and find family you can go anywhere in the world and like find your people who are following Jesus and trying to figure this thing out. And it's him that draws us. It's not us that draw people. And so it's just, it's a joy to get to know people like Preston to meet people like you. What a, what a gift on a, on a day here in December that we get to be together. But so uh, my name is Jenny Waldron. And I do serve at a multi-site church and I co-lead what was our founding campus. So now we have multiple campuses, about five, um, and myself and another leader named David serve to lead the campus that... um, Kind of It's our largest campus, but that doesn't matter, really. But it is fun for us to spend time seeing what it is that Jesus is doing in our community. I'm kind of in a newer role, but I have led our teaching team for a number of years. And so we have live preaching at all of our locations. And um, I put together our teaching series, uh, work with our teams on theological papers and positions and all that kind of stuff. And so every week, it's really fun. We get together with everyone who's going to preach. And we just have a moment where we open up the scriptures and say, what is Jesus saying to us? And sometimes I've written a series and then we just change it because Mm. Jesus is saying something new or people need something new. And so overseeing and facilitating that process is probably just the, my favorite part of my job, but there's all kinds of other fun things as well. Um, But I showed up, some people have different unique experiences where they're like, yeah, well, I've done all these really impressive things. And it was funny. I was talking to a friend and I'm like, I don't even know why anyone would want to listen to me. I'm just like a girl who met Jesus and then showed up at a church and I've just been there 18 years. Mm -hmm. And I just am seeing him do incredible things in me and in my family. And uh, I was 17 when I showed up at New Life and Mm. I had been raised in the church. My dad was a pastor and I had rejected faith,
1: Mm.
2: but then had a really powerful encounter with Jesus. But I couldn't, I couldn't fix the dissonance that I felt between Jesus and the church. Mm. And so I was like, I don't, I really, I'm super into Jesus. And I really think the church is a mess.
1: Yeah. And I
2: had good reasons for that. Um, for sure. Uh, I showed up at new life on a Sunday night. We had well, no campuses yet. It was just this little Sunday night church. And, um, it was the first time in my life that a church just, I felt like preached Jesus. Mm. The series was called the Jesus apprentice and it was about how we can follow Jesus as one of the 12. And I just really felt like it was true like Jesus wanted me to follow him like that. And if that was what this church was after, then I wanted to be after that too. And so at the time my boyfriend and I started going there, we ended up getting married. We've now uh, been married for 16 years and we've been serving this church for 18 years. And it's just been really cool to see how new things that Jesus is doing have birthed where we are, but then they get to go out all over the world, which is where it kind of like leads to Preston, because I do think this is true. If you're doing stuff in your life, in your ministry, that isn't about building your own kingdom, then what will end up happening is more people will be able to be included. And I think this is true of Preston's work with Doubters Club. I think it's true of the Jesus experience that we're going to talk about today. It's just our faith in Jesus our desire, shifting was meant to be attractive and it was meant to be contagious and it was never meant to fit within a block you know a box or one organization and so this this work is really important because it has to cross the lines so that's all i have to say about that now oh Preston. my
0: goodness thank like you jenny I, I,
1: we're not so gonna many... let you get away with just yeah. that that's all i have to say no ma'am yeah. The so so rest of this is just going to be Preston.
3: <laughs> no, I'm just on this call to hear her talk. <laughs> oh That's my why god. here. My goodness. <laughs> so, I love oh, your story. Gosh. I just,
0: yeah. yeah. There's, I almost want to just now, we have to like bring you back and do a separate podcast just about your story. Because like, there's so much in that that I just think resonates with folks in our time. Like that, yeah. the way you describe, like, I knew it was in Jesus, but I didn't know what yeah. to make of the church that that's so many people that are leaning in Jesus collective for us. Yeah.
2: Well, and what's interesting is, and this is what I think is also true. There is this sneaky thing Jesus does though, that the more you get to know him, the more you just fall in love with the people that he loves. Yeah. So now I would say, I think that the local church is God's plan A to bring healing to the world. Mm. But and the fact that it's complicated, is actually part of it. But I think that that's, that's the work we have to do together is how can those things both be true?
0: Yeah. Oh, that's such a good word. Yeah, that's All good right, stuff. I mean, I, we could talk all day on this, but we could, like, but
1: we gotta, yeah, that's we gotta move. We over have to another guest, yeah, we and Preston, as guest. as you are introducing yourself more fully and sharing with our listening audience who you are, I would love for you to also include uh, a little bit about Doubters Club for those who are listening who maybe mm-hmm. are like, wait, what? What is that? I don't know. Um, sure. Is there a club, a Doubters Club? I need to be a part of it. You know, so if you could just. <laughs> Let folks know a bit about who you are and also about Doubters Club. That'd be great.
3: Well, hey, thanks for having me on. I echo what Jenny said, and I'm tempted to hit mute now and then move on. But I'll just uh, the story, my story being plugged into JXP, I think has a lot to do with what it means when people say that they are disenfranchised with the church. And by disenfranchised, uh, there's this gap, right, that we would say people who came to know Jesus even more fuller and in a more full way in their relationship with God personally later on in life are starting to see what Jenny called this dissonance. And so that's my story in a nutshell. I mean, I grew up in a household that was Christian. And then when I went to Bible college, I really, for all intents and purposes, walked away and uh i had well meaning people that gave me very terrible advice okay mm-hmm. so some was like sleep on the bible like osmosis get that get that sucker in your head like, okay like literally sleep on it like yeah i don't and i don't know if it's cuz i slept on the niv and not the esd but i did i tried and they said play more worship music i mean th- this was again i'd say this over and over again, and I write about this, well-intentioned, like good intention to well-intentioned people, really bad advice. Mm -hmm. So if you're a mom or a dad, and you're listening to this, and you're like, I just want my son or daughter to follow Jesus, and you're given this bad advice, keep leaning into some different ways of showing up. Mm -hmm. Um, There's just no, I mean, that really resembles witchcraft, if anything, doesn't it? Uh, This sort of spells and and, uh, rituals. So, I, I came to know Jesus through someone who said this, and this set the trajectory for my entire life and my life's work. They said, I don't care where you land as long as you're honest. Mm. And there's a professor of philosophy and apologetics. Um, very, so you, you, I went back to Bible college just to get at least like my associates. I just, I didn't want to waste all that money. And, uh, and they discipled me in a way that my journey started on the negative side of the scale, not the positive. And I think discipleship does start there. It starts wherever you're at. It does not start post-conversion. Yeah. So the Doubters Club, many years later, we moved to Denver. We started this club that was with a friend that um, he's not a Christian and he's an atheist and I'm a Jesus follower. so we said, what would it look like for us to, and this is the, the key vision, model friendship and pursue truth with one another. And we're not interested in this being just a place where people get converted to Christianity. I'll be honest, and we could dive deeper into this. I'm I don't. i I'm turned off by the word conversion. I don't even know what that means um, outside of some weird context of making a bunch of small presidents in the world, and I don't want that. And I know um, <laughs> a lot of people don't want that. But what we're trying to do is this space where the, people can vote on what they want to talk about, and then they can pursue truth while being friends. So now we have doubters clubs all over the world and continue to train people virtually and help them launch a club. Um, and, and what brought me together with new life with Jenny and the staff there was this idea, not that we're like, let's reach the fringe. Uh, I don't like this. I'm like, how do we empower the fringe? Like how, how do we empower the people living on the edge that have a, gravitational pull towards Jesus's ethic and way of life without requiring them to engage in religious activity. Mm. And um, New Life, that's that's the heartbeat of the church that Jenny's at. That's the heartbeat of the church I'm at. And so in my local church, it's also multi-site I'm spiritual formation director for the campuses of saying, how do we help people find and follow Jesus in a safe way? Because um, everybody has a different spiritual temperament um but that doesn't mean that we should be turned off by it and so um jxp the jesus experience really is in my life it's that second stage from i'm i'm an intense doubter and skeptic to i'm curious about what it would be like if i was one of the 12 followers of jesus i'm curious and so it just would make sense that i would say yeah let's add that to how we live our lives. And so I think in my life, it's called the Engel scale, right? If zero is salvation and positive 10 is, uh, Billy Graham, you know, positive 10 fully surrendered. Um, James Engel in the seventies said there's a negative side, there's a negative 10. And I think for my life, I just want to put everything in place that I'm able to help people go from negative 10 to positive 10. Mm. And, uh, so that's where JXP fits in that really well.
0: That's, I love that beautiful, like articulation of like the dynamics of negative 10, positive 10. Cause I do think like one of the realities of a like post Christendom context is that many people that we meet on our, on the streets of where we live, if you're in North America, mm-hmm. for sure start at negative 10, like and, and yeah. I think for many church contexts, how we learned to do ministry was to start at zero. And I mm. so appreciate that articulation. I, I want to hear more from both of you, both Jenny, you're at New Life. And uh, uh, what was your church again, Preston, that you're serving at? It's
3: at North Point And okay. people are like, the one within Atlanta? And the answer, short answer is no, no. Okay. But it is called North Point, yeah.
0: So I just want to understand, like, because you guys are running this Jesus XP, you're kind of given some shape to it. Help us understand what's true of your context. What sort of folks are you observing, like, lean into this? What's true of them? What's true of, like, hey, this is a broad picture of, like, we're noticing these kind of people are showing up at this thing called Jesus XP. Mm.
2: Um, might be, it might be cool to go back. Is it okay if we go back yeah, for a minute? Please do, yeah. So... So, um, Jesus XP birthed out of new life in our community, but then it's definitely not about it and Justin's giving a leader to what was like if more people ought to be a part of it. And so it's kind of been a fun pass off over the last year of seeing his vision come to life in there. But when we go back to like, why did we even start it? Cause that's that's really like when, when you're doing local church work or you're doing anything, there's people that inspire you to do a thing, right? You're like, we probably Mm -hmm. have a need in our community. So what's that need? And one of the things that we noticed in our community, so I'm in the Northwest Mm -hmm. and we live in, it was probably 10 years ago that they published that the, the, the metro area that I live in was like the third most unchurched in the most unchurched state. So we have like, very few, like people go, come sometimes on a Sunday, and they're like, "This is so cool." Do you guys do this often? And we're like, weekly, which is a total surprise to them. They're just like, "I this is wild." And I'm like, "I know, wow. so wild." Well, so we're not in a space where people are like, "I probably go to church." Mm-hmm. And when our when our church first started, it was actually an assignment. There was another church that was like, "Hey, um, would you start a church for people who don't go to church?" And so our lead pastor, Wes Davis. At the time, he was like, okay, yeah, for sure, we'll do this. And he thought, you know what, I'm going to do? We'll do it at night. And probably all these people who don't want to go to church will start coming. And then he found out that people weren't coming on purpose. And so over time, he's like, well, that, so we're not going to be able to to directly be like, hey, all you people who are not attracted to this already, probably if we do a better program or a better service time, or, you know, we do have cooler lights, that you're probably going to come. Like, that wasn't the need. And so what we started to realize was really what we needed was to help people who did love Jesus, who had people in their life who did not know Jesus, have a tool or a way that they could invite others into the Jesus way of living. Mm -hmm. And so instead of targeting the people who are like way out there, how do we help equip the church, which is, by the way, the job of leaders in the church anyway, to equip the saints. That's our job. If We're not doing that. Like this, it's not, hey, give me a stage and let me talk about something for a while because everybody probably wants to hear me. It's, we have a job to make sure that the people who have encountered Jesus can invite others to encounter him too. And so uh, in the early days, we kind of shifted. So we say, we call it people becoming the church. That really what it is, is that, and that's not something that happens. A church is not a building, it's not an institution. It's not even like a set of bylaws or doctrines. The church is people who are encountering Jesus and inviting others, people into it as well. And so over time, We've had different ways to do that. But really, around COVID, did everything change for you? Oh, oh, yeah. Just a little bit. <laughs> I mean, One or two. Stuff. One or two. Yeah. Uh, just everything changed. And it was like there had been these really fired up, excited people that had been showing up. And our church is pretty well known in our community as we give good away. Like we're the—I mean, just this last week— the, the Navy called. We have three military bases in our community, and the Navy called them, like, hey, okay, we need 200 Christmas gifts. We figured you guys would probably do it. And we were like, oh. yeah, well, I mean, we're going to figure it out. So, like, those are, and actually somebody stepped up and they're like, can I buy them all? And I'm like, no. <laughs> yes. This is like the coolest thing. Are you kidding me? So, anyway, this stuff just happens and it's wild. So, we're known for that. But during COVID, when you don't have that, that thing that you're like, okay, we get to rally together to do this, we couldn't gather. We just realized like people were just scattered and Mm -hmm. they were floating and they didn't Mm -hmm. feel anchored and they didn't. And I saw this thing in Christianity Today that said 26 million Americans stopped reading their Bible during covid Mm. which, by the way, means that at some point, 26 million Americans did read their Bible, which was shocking to me. No,
3: no, Jenny. That means they said (laughs) yes on a survey. That's what that
2: means. That (laughs) can't be true. But then on the (laughs) other side, I was like, okay, but like, why then is this like a big thing? And I think that's when we we dug in on that. Like, I think some of it is when you don't feel good, you don't do the things that make you feel better because we just do the things that make us feel worse. But on the other side, I think it's because People had not connected so deeply to the words of Jesus that they would see them as transformative in their life Mm. because it was a religion. Mm. And so without the, I show up on Sunday and I have the scriptures read over me, without the habit of we're doing this thing because everybody does it, that people didn't see value in it. Mm. So if people didn't see value in the words of Jesus, what are we doing? So we had to back up and say, what are we, then what are we missing as a society? What are we missing? And so we started to go back to some of the ancients in the church, the spiritual formation practices that connected people to God. Like, what did they do before there was a written scripture? What did people do before there was even the written scriptures in their own language so that people could even have them in front of them? Like we have this privilege that we don't even understand, but we're missing the whole transformative part of it. And it's why then it feels divorced from life transformation meaning yeah. or even anything that somebody would want. And so when we did that, a few of us had been either, you know, a part of seminary communities that had a spiritual formation bent, or maybe they'd been a part of a community. It. Someone like Preston is like, listen, guys, this is the stuff. And it actually went back to this one moment where um, we went back to the beginning of our church and we're like, what did we do when we first started? And our leadership team would sit around And we'd open up the Gospels and just read the words of Jesus Mm. as our leadership team. And I remember being 17 years old and coming as an intern and sitting down at this thing called Tuesday Table. And they opened up the scriptures and they just said the question, what is Jesus saying to you? And what are you doing about it? And there was something about going back to that to say, how would we produce something? And we didn't know that would cause people to ask that question and that it would be good news for them. And so then we just had to go back to it and figure it out. And there's there's more of the story, but I think that's helpful to be like, people were disconnected. People weren't feeling like there was transformation. People were feeling lonely. They weren't connected to God. They were connected to the church. And honestly, if at the end of our life, people are like, man, I love being a part of new life. We failed. I need people to be like, I'm obsessed with Jesus. And so we were trying to figure out how do we give away obsession with Jesus?
0: I just mm-hmm. want to say before I throw it over to Shauna to, like, kind of ask our next question and um, engage on this, that I find myself expressing a particular longing to that simplicity of, like, that image you're providing of a bunch of staff people opening up the Gospels and having mm-hmm. the simplicity of just saying, what's Jesus saying and and what am I going to do about it? Because I, I find, like, it's so easy um, in a ministry context to do everything but that and mm-hmm. and and not to do that in in a staff team community where like ah you go do that privately but i just i just want to appreciate and pause here and appreciate just there's something beautiful about what you described there that i don't know if i hear that from a lot of pastors <laughs>
3: well
2: we got we got away from it over time and had to come back yeah. because yeah. it was you got you got busy and then we were like wait what are we doing yeah hey,
3: paul can i say this real quick i was having um, coffee with one of our staff pastors this week. And they said, you know, uh, they told me, they said, the reason I didn't go in the corporate world was I didn't want to feel far away from Jesus, mm. but I'm working in the church and I feel way further. Mm. And it's just, it's fascinating. And we are able to have a good conversation. I would like to say real quick, what JXP is. Can I say that? Cause I'm sure I was just
2: probably... going to ask yeah. you to do that. Yeah. Preston,
3: Cause I'm sure there's probably people being like, okay, So is it just reading the Bible? Here's what the, everything Jenny said gives the context to getting back to the simplicity. And then we realize, okay, how do we do this together? Is it just coming together and reading the Bible? What's new about that? Um, It's so much more. So JXP is trying to answer this question. If I were one of the 12 disciples, what would Jesus be asking now that question is different than what would Jesus do, okay? I think it's John Mark Comer that put in one of his books, what would Jesus do if he was living my life? That's more of the question, okay? So if I'm one of the 12, it's like sitting around a campfire with Jesus and he's saying these words or he's telling us these stories and now we have to answer that question. So here's here's what JXP is. It's, it comes in like a booklet or you can get a digital format. And this is not a sales pitch as much as I'm hoping this is compelling to people to get back to some original um, ways of changing the stories we believe about God and about ourselves and to do that in community. So it's in this packet and it's broken up really into chapters, like one to two chapters a week that you're going to read and it's based in biographies of Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then Luke, Volume 2, which is Acts, okay? So it's just that. JXP is not in the Book of Revelation and Genesis and the Torah. It's not that. Just the biographies of Jesus. And you'll read almost a chapter together once a week with a group, and then you'll practice like Dio Divina, where you're going to go back and you're going to reread three times one small portion of that passage, and you're going to be seeking, how is this changing the way I think, the way I feel and what I would do—head, heart, and hands—selectio divina. Okay, um, and some people, especially outside of America, would be like, "Oh, yeah, I, I'm familiar with that." But if you're not familiar, that's actually rooted in the ancient church. And then there's going to be some questions that you ask each other. Uh, we just asked this question this semester with one of our groups, and it was we're reading about Pentecost, and you never know what's going to happen when you read about Pentecost and the tongues of fire and all this stuff. And one of the questions was, so what do you think the 2,000, 2000 to 3,000 thought they were joining that day? Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, I don't know, because I've only been taught the whole speak in tongues or church membership. And it makes you get in the skin of a disciple, like you are a disciple now, which is what we should be. So there's questions. And then there's a practice for that week. And the practice is like the key to JXP of what you read. There's going to be ways and encouragements of how you can now practice that. And so there's just everything from a thought audit, which sounds weird, but if you've not audited your thoughts, so that's an incredible way of doing it. Yeah. To practices in communion, not with wafers and um, a few drops of grape juice, but with a whole meal like you were meant to do to sitting and listening to Jesus in different ways, to giving good away. So JXP, you get together on a weekly basis, you read the Gospels or biographies of Jesus, practice Lectio Divina, you ask questions and you practice it. When you come back in, the way that you start that next week is you do a check-in. And the check-in goes like this. It'd be like, Thana, how was it for you as you followed Jesus by doing this this week? Mm -hmm. And... You get to go, well, I've never tried it, and here's what it was like for me. And so that's JXP. And you can imagine, the more you do that, it's actually... Which I've had people all the time, every time I talk about JXP, they're like, but what about the whole Bible? Aren't you Bible people? Like, aren't <laughs> the whole Bible? And we go, well, outside of Jesus, the Bible won't make sense. Oh my yeah. And so if we can increase our Jesus lens, this is not meant to supplement your Bible reading. So feel free to read it through in a year if that's your jam. Okay. It's not my thing, but if that's your thing, go for it. But as you do, you now read through the lens of a Jesus looking God, and that will drastically change. And and I would argue this in a non-legalistic way. We've just gotten to the point where we don't um, walk with Jesus that often. We're really good at talking about him, but walking with him. And so we're kind of going back to that. That's JXP. So that's the yeah. Jesus experience. Love
1: that. I'm glad that you uh, unpacked that for us a bit, Preston. And since already in our conversation, we're like plowing along, hearing some really great stuff, but then we got to like, oh, let's, let's, let's back it up. I would love for you to explain to your audience, because I'm sure they're hearing, you know, Jenny is in the Pacific Northwest and you are in mm. Colorado, but you guys are doing this thing together. And like a lot of it kind of developed through COVID and it's all sounding amazing, but like how in the heck did like okay, they can't see my fingers coming together, but like how, how did, you know, um, where Jenny is connect with where you are and then you guys are doing this thing together and how that spread. Sure. So if you could just like lay that out a little sure. bit, I think that would be helpful.
3: Yeah, I used to be before I was on staff at the church I'm at and, and doing Doubters Club more fully. Um, I was on, I was a director with a church planning movement called the Church Multiplication Network. And that's how I connected to Wes who's, uh, is Wes still, is the title lead pastor, Jenny, new life leads the way on new titles in a really good way. I mean, he's,
2: he's the, we call him the new life lead. He's the new life lead. Yeah.
3: So, so Wes, yeah, he started new life. Okay. And, um, and so that's where I got connected with him. Don't, don't get sour over this, but we almost moved to Seattle. We almost did.
2: Guys, I tried. I need (laughs) to tell you the full court press that I put on Preston Ulmer. And I was just like, if you just, but here's the thing. Doesn't Jesus know like that? Probably this needed to be more spread out, but I'm still a little sad about it. And every once in a while, I'm like, there's still room. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you can still come yeah. <laughs> so i bet don't I bet, let people I bet in preston
0: i bet preston gets these like really great gift baskets from new life all the time and like no oh, i guys, did like, no to... i did for a
3: short time i don't <laughs> there anymore
2: was a little me. bit there was a little bit of courting but i will say that preston <laughs> and my husband have some shared loves and they and yes. then he and a few people on our team go on some trips and so we're, we're great great long-term yeah. friends
3: yeah and here's the beauty of that Um, it actually needed to work out this way. Now, I will say this. The the Pacific Northwest is never off the table. Okay. Um, But it needed to work out this way to be able to say, hey, in a highly religious context of the Midwest, which we could go back and forth on this, but I'm like, maybe the metric is not how many unchurched are there. Maybe the metric is how many churches there are that aren't following Jesus or have a uh, Jesus-centric Mindset and lifestyle. So, in the in the Midwest and in, in the Pacific Northwest, you have what would seem like, oh, this one's really religious and this one's non-religious. And what you're like is, no, no, they're both really far mm-hmm. from a Jesus-looking God. What brought us together was me originally meeting Wes, talking to him about the Doubters Club. I can I remember what house we we're at. It was here in Missouri, and we were talking about the Doubters Club, and then he just kept inviting me into spaces with the staff, which was like, Oh yes, this is incredible. And now it's like this unofficial network. When Jenny says the word people becoming the church, there are people, pastors all over the United States. When they hear that phrase, they're going to think of new life because it's this, it's like this network of people that continue. They continually do life together. JXP is kind of like ground zero of what we all say we are in on JXP okay. um so that that's how we got connected awesome
1: Awesome. Yeah. And I have to just apologize because for some reason I put you in Colorado. That's
3: where we started the doubters. Okay. That was Colorado. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. All right. I'm, we're just, we're all trying to move you, Preston. We're trying to get you to different. Listen, locations. I have I first dibs. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's true. You put in the work. I, I have I first dibs. I haven't got a get
2: gift in, in a while. So well, I'll remedy that. I sent a text a second ago. No, I'm just kidding, but <laughs> I might. <laughs>
0: Well, oh, they wow. say the son of man has no place to rest his head. It seems <laughs> Preston has like, oh, trying
2: to figure out where the heck. You oh, Lord. At. Oh, <laughs> my <laughs> goodness.
0: No.
3: Preston, I, how
2: much do you love that? Uh,
3: <laughs> I, I just I, I would ask we take that on podcast, but I know you won't. So I know it's a great <laughs> joke. It's a great joke.
0: I I live for my cheesy jokes. Like dad uh-huh. jokes are. So oh, that was well
3: placed. That yeah. was well placed. Uh, uh, my okay. kids wouldn't have gotten that. That's not a dad joke. That's just a good pastor
0: joke. Good yeah. pastor joke. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, let's let's kind of like dive in a bit deeper. Like so, I, let's imagine a scenario where okay. I don't know anything about Jesus and I show up mm-hmm. at one of your Jesus XP events. Uh, let's say you're going through like the Gospel of Luke or something because that's one of your resources. Tell me mm-hmm. what. Like, pick a passage. Tell me what I'm gonna experience. Like, I walk in the front door. What happens next? Tell me what's going on. Well, we
3: light candles, and
0: no, I'm just
3: kidding. (laughs) I was like, I I
1: gotta go. (laughs) What's happening?
3: (laughs) We had our last JXP. We're going through this close enough to Luke. It was Acts Mm -hmm. um, chapters one through eight, not all in one. That was over an eight week period. Okay, and there was a lady that was there. Whose son had, he's 16 or 17. He was actively trying to kill himself. He had run away to another state, another city, and so she had not been in this JXP group before. And it's been a while since she's been in any sort of group, and so you can imagine the type of prayer requests that come out. Okay, so that that's. So I'm getting to the answer of your question, Paul. Um, so she would come together with us on a weekly basis. We're praying for her one week. She had to leave because the cops called her in another state. So we found them actively participating in um, suicidal um, uh, just different ways that he can kill himself. He was hospitalized. Also we're walking with her. The last, the last meeting. We're on a big meal. Okay. Kind of a friends giving a way to practice communion. The practice was communion for that one. And so we have this friendsgiving and, And she walks with her son. So to answer your question, her son had never been to anything like this. He'd never been to JXP. He doesn't know what JXP is. He walks in. And what we're looking at is a life that we've been praying for and the preservation of this life and this relationship. He walks in and we all say hi to him. Can we get you some food? What would you like? And then we're able to talk about Hey, as we follow Jesus, this is not easy, but there's nothing better we can give our lives to. So what has it been like for you as you follow Jesus in this way? And being specific was so helpful because he's able to hear, well, these people aren't just like praying or going to church. This is totally, this is a paradigm shifter. So people are talking about giving good away. They're talking about selling their possessions. They're talking about inviting people. They're talking about family relationships that they're trying to reconcile finally after 15 plus years. Wow. So her son comes after, up to me and then we read the Bible together and, you know, and her, this group will start up again uh, in a few months, two months. And uh, she comes up to me or he comes up to me, her son, and he says these words, this is what I've been missing. And he's like, can I please come back? I'm like, yeah, of course, of course. And I think what he's missing is this group of people that there's no leader. We're all just following and we're looking and we're questioning Jesus at a very authentic level. So that to me, hopefully would paint a picture to anyone listening that would say, what is it like to walk into a JXP group? Um, it's like walking into a group where people are like, "We believe that this man's still alive and he's still talking to us." So, Jenny, mm-hmm. take it away.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, Preston, I think that's just so beautiful. And one one of the things that I tend to hear whenever anybody participates in Jesus XP, which by the way, um, can look really different in a bunch of different environments. And so I might, I might share just a little bit of a couple different ways that we've mm. also engaged, if that would be okay, but that would be absolutely. more, more than yeah. it. almost, Love it. almost always there's food. So I'm trying to remember a Jesus XP group that I've been a part of that didn't have food. There's just something really leveling. Um, I always joke that if we're, if we're eating, no one can talk the whole time. <laughs> so, like, there is like some power in that, especially when you have personalities like me in a room that I'm like, I probably have some things to say. Would you like to hear them?
3: <laughs> you know, Jenny, one of the things we've said, I don't think I've told you this, but our group uh, started saying is the gospel moves at the speed of hospitality. And they Ooh. got that out of Acts 1 and 2. Yeah, so, keep good. going. Yeah. But I think that we should add that
0: to the JXP repertoire. For sure. That's great. Yeah. And, I, I, and I, If I could just make a quick comment. yeah, What I love about the food piece, especially like as you're just naming the practices of Jesus is like, I, I think it was Walter Brueggemann that made the comment that in the gospel of Luke, Jesus moves from table to table to table. And I just mm-hmm. love that you're centering a table again. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm.
2: Son of man came eating and drinking and they got him in big trouble. So I think there's this power to um, sitting at the table and then, uh, And one of the things that, that Preston said that I think is really important is the lack of a really clear leader is really important to Jesus XP.
0: Say more about that.
2: If we have anything, you would have people in your group that would be um, a guide personality and it's not a title. It's a personality. I think that's really important because if you say, Hey, you're, but you know, every, every story has a guide, right? There's like a Yoda, there's Obi-Wan Kenobi. There's all these good things. There's Dumbledore. I don't know who making angry about all these wonderful references, but anyway, you've got these guide people and usually they're older. Usually they've had more experience, but not always. There's just something about somebody who thinks I would really love it if you could encounter Jesus. So you need at least one person in the group that would want that for other people. If you have that person, it's going to go great. And honestly, most people become that for each other. So that's the power of the group is then everybody starts to see themselves as a guide for one another, that we're walking through this together. And at first we tried to formalize that process and then it got weird. So I don't know where Preston's going to go with it in the future because he's kind of taking this leadership to the next season. And maybe it'll be more specific guide training and things like that. But, um, in the beginning we were like, yeah, we probably need to like name all these guides. And then as we did it, it just became really clear that there was this personality in the room. That's like, I really do want people to experience Jesus. So that was really powerful. Um, and it's, if if pastors specifically, cause I've talked to a lot of pastors about Jesus. XB. They're like, but where's the content? And I'm like in the gospels. And it's, it's like one of these, now there's questions, there are practices, but what there isn't is like long commentary sections. You're not going to have like, oh, I need to read a whole book to do this thing. And the point is you don't have to be elite. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes we want materials for groups or things like that for churches that allow us to almost, okay, I'm going to say this in a strong way, but I don't, I almost mean it. I probably mean it. I think we really want it because we want to retain control out Mm -hmm. and we want the power of i actually i went to college and i really can tell you what's good doctrine and bad doctrine and there is something powerful about jesus xp that really just moves everything back and we're looking at the words of jesus
1: Mm -hmm.
2: inside of community to interpret Mm -hmm. what does this mean and i love what preston said in my life today Mm -hmm. and so there is this power of what is what did this mean to the first readers what does this mean about jesus and then what does it mean about me So those are kind of the the process that people go through. And I think it's really powerful. But um, one of the powerful things that I love is, yes, reading the words of Jesus, but the practices are really empowering for people, Mm. especially if somebody doesn't have a big faith background and even opening up the gospel of Luke, while it might be the safest thing for them to do in the Bible, that is still feels like that's the part I don't want to do. But everybody, most people are like, I think I could be more spiritual. So the idea of spiritual practices gives people the opportunity to say, like, I could engage in that in a part of myself that feels starved, a part of myself that feels lonely. I mean, we are in a loneliness epidemic. Multiple countries have elected ministers for loneliness to their governments. Yeah, so people need this connection. And that's what this collective practice is, collective sitting. It is meeting the deepest need of humanity right now. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell one story because Preston's got this one on this side, right? This like, how about just like a church, a church girl? So there's this woman who's a part of our church and she's been a part of church forever. And she was in my Jesus XP group um, probably two years ago. And as we were sitting in our group, we did... Sometimes we've called evening prayer and other times we've just called it the prayer of examine, which is what it is if you're familiar with spiritual practices. And that was the practice for the week. And so if you're unfamiliar with it, basically at the end of your day, you go back, you play your day like a movie and you notice the places where you leaned into the way of Jesus and the places that you didn't. And then at the end, you just say, let's make a plan for tomorrow. There's no judgment. There's no, I wish I would have. There's just Jesus, what are we going to do tomorrow? And there's power to it because it's, It's settling into, this is what has happened. This is where I am at. And this is where Jesus is present for my future. So this woman practiced it. We came back and we asked the question, how was it for you to follow Jesus this way? How was it for you to pray that prayer in the evening? And she said, you know, the first three days, because you do it the whole week. She goes, the first three days. um, I just, I went to bed so disappointed in myself Mm -hmm. because I was just so focused on the ways that I had not leaned into the way of Jesus. And, you know, I kind of like let her talk and she goes, something though powerful happened, like the fourth day where it's like, I finally got so sick of just looking at that, that I actually listened for what Jesus was saying. And I asked him what he thought about my day. Mm-hmm. And she goes, what I actually heard Jesus say was, I love you. Yeah. And she said, it was just this thing where she was, I think maybe my whole life of faith I've been doing pass fail And I'm learning how to just allow what is to be what is and Jesus to be Jesus and me to be human and there to be new opportunities tomorrow. And so the grace that she came into the room with was so powerful because it wasn't just sitting in this pass, fail, succeed, strive thing. It was this like really us being understanding of the fact that Jesus really just wants our good Mm -hmm. and like a great parent, like a great partner in life. He's just like, mm-hmm. how would we, how would we do this? Like, I don't look at my kids and I'm like, today was a fail. Like that's not how I parent, not a good parent at least. Yeah. So I, it was just, it was powerful for me, I think to watch somebody. So you can have people who are on one spectrum mm-hmm. who've never mm-hmm. had any faith experience be transformed. You can have people who are like, they have all the, I mean, this woman had all the answers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she goes, the answers were keeping me from Jesus.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And so there's this power in laying that stuff down and nobody's the expert and nobody's in charge except for Jesus.
3: Yeah. One of the things before we jump into questions is exactly what Jenny said about people who are have been following Jesus for years. It's so important that people understand JXP is not trying to turn a church on its head. Okay, maybe, no, the Doubters Club's not even trying to do that. I mean, but I could see how it would be viewed that way. JXP actually is integrating itself into the life of an existing local community, and it can work in any paradigm. So Jenny and I both lead at multi-site churches. Our churches have engaged in JXP probably more than any churches that we're aware of, and it has worked. And in, at North Point, we even integrated it into the small group model. We call it JXP, but we're saying, Hey, your JXP guide, and there's a guide training and there's, and it's become our thing. Like it is the thing here for our groups, for church planners that are trying to start faith communities. I think this is, it fits perfectly with what Jenny was saying with how new life got started It JXP works and integrate itself into any, model even into households and it's important people realize you can do this with your spouse you can do this with your family there are so many things ways to use this it's the beauty of jxp it engages the religious person it engages the skeptic it engages the spiritually wounded it allows it to take place the key to all of it is the table Mm -hmm. it's the table if you're trying to do jxp as some sort of seminar or conference it's not going to work. It moves at the speed of hospitality. It's the table, and the reason it's the table is Jesus sat at tables with disciples, and when we do that, we feel His presence as well. And okay. so, I just want to, I just want to echo what you're saying, Jenny. Wow. The impact on on a religious mind mm-hmm. is through the context of a church um, that people could realize, oh, I could, I could put this. In my church, of course you can. I mean, it's Jesus' church, but we know how people talk. Yeah, I can. Of course you can. So.
2: <laughs> you know how I get about that. Okay, but quickly, just, and, and this I'll do so fast. Some of the ways that we're currently using Jesus XP. So Preston's church has a system. We are the most ADHD church in the world. And so oh, we, we go all in and then we're like, let's do something else. And then let's go back. So we're going to do a series on the Gospel of Luke here this next year. And we'll probably go all in on Jesus XP for our groups for that, because there's a great resource for that. Currently, what we do with Jesus XP most, there are groups that are meeting all the time. But the most that we do is actually, I love that you brought it up. When I meet with a couple for marriage counseling, I hand them Jesus XP. Hmm. Because I'm like, this is, if you read the words of Jesus together and practice the way of Jesus in your marriage, it would transform you. Wow! When someone gets baptized, we give it to the person who baptized them and the person who's being baptized. And we're like, do this together. And maybe even with all these people who are getting baptized, when people come to our church new and they want to form a group, it's the first group suggestion resource that we give them. We're like, try this. Because what it will do is it will immerse you in the ways of Jesus. So then when you go into any other kind of content or any other kind of thing, you'll have this foundation. Mm-hmm. Anytime somebody comes to me, they're like, I just feel disconnected from God. I'm just like, this, let's try it. And so there's just these these ways that people... And I love that you talked about church planters. Because I just think, if every what if every church staff in north america just started reading the gospels and practicing the way of jesus as a team come on. would that transform our churches yeah come on what if what
0: if i didn't waste so many meetings you know talking about should we yeah. put candles out for christmas you know that kind of well like- and
2: i'm like we can make plans but like also why are you coming up with new leadership trainings we have some great ones we have like the greatest leader in the world in jesus what if we did that together with our teams as a priority and then start to see what would it look like for
1: us to do all the other things that Jesus will lead us to do. I love it when the guests we're talking to get, get to meddling and they don't even realize they're doing it. So <laughs> I think that's fantastic. And I think that's a good thing. What I what I'm hearing from you guys, I'm just I've been so engrossed in your stories. I love that we've had really like opposite spectrums of an experience that you've shared of the people who have experienced um Jesus XP. Uh, but it sounds to me like you're just you're you're leveling the playing field, and you're making sure that table is big and grand, and so that anyone, regardless of maturity in their faith, new in faith, no faith, they can come and encounter Jesus. That sounds so inviting and so incredible. Mm-hmm. And then you're giving them tangible tools to walk it out in their life, and so that just sounds like a win, win, win. And so, as you think back over the last couple of years, it sounds like there have been a lot of those. We're just going to call them wins, uh, for lack of a better uh, word. But what has been something that has surprised each of you in your context as you've had these experiences with folks? Mm -hmm. I have such a quick answer, and then I'm going to give it to Preston. Um,
2: Men in their 50s love this. Oh, okay. And I can never find (laughs) something that men in their 50s love. (laughs) And I don't know (laughs) Star Wars. Is that funny? I just like in the church. It's like they're so opposed to all the things that are like I need to sit like because it's not. It's it doesn't have to be feely. Now it can. It can get feely. What it is is real Mm -hmm. and accessible and practical. So even the spiritual practices, they're not woo woo. They're like maybe you should like not pull out your phone while you're waiting to pump gas, and they're like that Mm -hmm. could be spiritual, and you're like it would be transformative. So those things are really meaningful. And so I just I mean there's a million other things but that was one thing that surprised me. Incredible. That practice Jenny's
3: that. talking that practice is called a no phone while waiting. And you do a whole week of that after you've read about the presence of Jesus and how present he is. And I'm telling you, our group hated that practice because of what it did to us. We're mm-hmm. like just to wait and look and listen and feel. So when I say hated, it, it just was painful. It's hard and For following sure. Jesus is not easy. But you can see how you get together and you talk about that. It's so different than being like, "Hey, when I was praying last Wednesday, I." You see, it's you're doing. Um, one of the surprises uh, that I've experienced now men in their fifties, I, you know, I take your word at that, Jenny. I just haven't experienced the vibrancy of their faith through JSP, but I know you have. I know you have, um, is doing this with staff Mm -hmm. and doing this with church staff. And so the way that we launched it at North point was we do monthly all staff meetings where all campuses come together and I taught on it and then we experienced it. So we took now here's what's crazy. We took 30 minutes when normally experiencing it take an hour to two hours over food. We took 30 minutes read a passage, did popcorn around the room, doing Lectio Divina, and then did this practice of, because what we had just read was when um, Jesus said, what would you like me to do for you? To someone who was crippled and lame and blind. One of the three, I can't remember. And so it was like, hey, if you were answering that question for Jesus, what would it be like? And there's no cars mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's like, everyone's in tears. Mm. And this is a church staff everyone's in tears and they're like i've not done this before i didn't know jesus cares about my desires i didn't know that he cares about and there's themes that popped up man i have anxiety around i kept having these themes and so i think what was so surprising to me was in a church staff where we're seeing hundreds of baptisms a year and we're seeing all the quote-unquote metrics one of the things that we just don't do regularly enough is practicing following the ways of Jesus together mm. Mm. as disciples on mission, um, individually and corporately, outside of the ministry paradigm. And so um I just found it really surprising. And then we I've done it with other staffs as well as I've traveled and mm. it's very similar experiences. Mm.
1: Yeah. There's that meddling again, Preston. You're just meddling with people and their business. But
3: it's no, really listen. <laughs> You should not have had me on. I love yeah. it. I, just, I, love I love it. This.
2: I just think if maybe if there's one shift, and this is like, you know, maybe there's one shift that we could make in, I'm going to, I don't know. I have to think about this more. But today, if there's one shift I could make today in church staffs in North America, could we just remember that, like, we also just personally belong to Jesus?
0: Come on. Yeah.
2: Yes.
0: Come on and preach. Jamie. Yeah. I
2: just, yeah. I get... When you're preaching a sermon, like, did you preach it to you first? Like, is the Lord speaking to, is the Lord Jesus, the one who's like, listen, I'm transforming your life. If that's not happening, no wonder we have burnout. No wonder we have disconnected people. I had a a great leader once look at me and just say, before you were ever a leader, before you were ever a pastor, before you were ever a mom or a wife, you were a daughter of God and you're like beloved of Jesus. And I just think leading from that place would change a lot and jesus xp i think does that for people as it puts you within the presence of jesus to remember your belovedness Mm. i love it
0: so good so good i'm curious as you just name some of these like amazing elements of jesus xp as you're saying it land with staff and land with people like in your context what do you think is, like, one of your most memorable stories as you, like, launched into this thing? You're like, oh, my goodness, like, that early first fruit of, you're like, I already know we're we on to something. Tell us, like, a a memorable story that that just, like, confirmed for you you're headed in the right direction. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay, so when we first launched, I'm thinking our first JXP group, this is what I'm trying to go back to, and which which isn't even fair to say that way because it's like ever since engaging with new life, it's like we do JXP in different ways. But the first like official group, uh, we had a couple come in and pastors of our kids of pastors. And they said, we've never been plugged into a group together. They're married. never been plugged into a group and we're not quite sure what JXP is. So they come and they're reading and you hear them processing and laughing at the text. Okay, But what they're laughing at is they're laughing at their interpretation and the fact they have not read the Bible in a really long time. Because once you hit quote-unquote professional Christian, somewhere someone told you you're fine. And so they assumed the story, which is what we teach in JXP, never do. Don't assume the story. Um, Assume you have not encountered the story before. So hearing them laugh at themselves, hearing them laugh at the text, well, now they're still in our group to this day. And this is the beauty of walking on mission with people, is there like one, they just called me and and, uh, last week and said, Hey, I know we're not meeting, but I'm having this trouble with my parents around the holidays and our values are shifting and we're handling it this way. Is that right? Now Mm -hmm. I would still try to take the position of guide and not be like, yes, no, maybe so. But to say, Hey, have you considered this? How does that feel with what you've learned about Jesus over the past year? And as we're talking about it, you're just seeing them differentiate from a unhealthy family system, create their new family and regularly practice following Jesus. It's like, I refuse to put this in any sort of quote unquote leadership pipeline. I'm not a, not a big fan of, of that language, um, and discipleship preach, preach. paradigms. Okay. Cause we're, we're like, We're making followers, not leaders. But anyways, that's a whole nother podcast. This for me is you're seeing people follow and uh, it's undoing religion for them. They're more in love with Jesus than they are with the Bible, which is a big deal for me. And they're practicing regular rhythms of grace and that grace is pouring out to their family. So I would say, yes, that started at a meeting, hearing them laugh at the text because they're laughing at their own selves. But, oh, my goodness, seeing them progress. Now, here's the problem. I'm like, hey, you all should go lead a JXP group. They're like, there's no way we're leaving this group. And so somewhere along the way, you have to wrestle with, okay, natural small group structures say you're part of it for a year and then you leave. And you start one, right? And and what does that play into the metric of how many small groups can we have? So you have to be careful to go, okay, I'll journey with you for the next year. Because you're living this outside of these walls, but this is really stable for you. Yeah. And so, yeah, that would be one awesome. of the stories.
1: I love it. So good. I am just hearing so many. Hopeful, <laughs> uh, things from you guys. Uh, and then I think to, you know, the year of our Lord, 2023 and all that we are living in the midst of, and so this could sound really like, well, that's great for you guys in your context and, um, but where I am with the people around me, I don't we're about to duke it out, whatever, you know, I don't know. Some people may be thinking that, so what could you guys say, uh, to encourage our listeners about where you are seeing hope in the midst of all, because it's not like you guys are just sequestered off and not experiencing life, right? That everyone else is experiencing, but somehow in the midst of that, some really cool things are happening. And so what could you guys say to our audience about how you're seeing hope um, here and now in in the midst of what you guys are doing? It's a great question.
2: Uh, One of the interesting things is if you talk to any pastors. I I think this is probably true collectively, but it's for sure true. I am, it feels like I have a whole new church. Like are the people, there were some people that have, there's old faithful. There's some people that are still here, but it's, you know, you look around on a, on a weekend or in our group, I'm like, you are all very, very different (laughs) and it's new people and they're excited. I just, I think there was a narrative during the COVID years, and even before that felt like, I don't know if people want this anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm just more and more convinced that what they don't want is a program. What they don't want is something that you sat and planned by yourself. They want Jesus. People really do want Jesus. Yes. And that's a promise he made. He said he would draw all people to himself. And I just think we can trust him on that one. Mm-hmm. And so if we can figure out ways to, to get, it, it was actually, uh, I think it's George Fox, the Quaker who said it would be enough for me to get people to the feet of Jesus and leave them there.
1: Yeah, Mm
2: -hmm. Like, can we do that? And, and I know that sometimes that as a, if you're a a church leader or a faith leader, you know, I, I should probably do more. And I just don't see that in the scriptures. I don't see that in what Jesus called. He just said, like, get them to me, bring them to me, bring them to me. And I think that that's, but we can't do that if we're not there first. And so one of the ways that I think, if you're like, I don't even know if people would do like, okay, I want maybe I'm really attracted to the idea of JXP. I'd love to be able to do this. I have no idea how, how would I roll this out in my church? How would I do this thing? And maybe just don't jump so far to that. What if you did it?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, what if you got, and maybe you can't even get people on your staff to do it, but you could do it. Maybe you're a follower of Jesus listening to this. And you're like, how would I ever get the leaders of my church to think this is a good idea? Who cares? Mm-hmm. Get your people together open up the words of Jesus and practice His way and see what starts to happen because that's literally all that the early church did. And what happened is it grew and more were added and more were added. If you go through the book of Acts, it wasn't special. It was just Jesus and it changed everything for people. And so mm. I'm seeing hope that when people stop trying to programatize, stop trying to make things wild, stop trying to put it into, it must be this way, system just let it go and just do it. And I think the more we're we say yes in that, that God will honor that yes, and more mm-hmm. people will come to know Jesus.
1: I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Thank uh, I'm you. clapping.
3: I'm clapping, Jenny, because I agree. Donna, am I allowed to meddle in my answer, or no? Please, I will follow instructions. You can.
1: You we, can meddle.
0: We could probably retitle our podcast the Meddling Podcast.
1: <laughs> the
3: Meddling I mean,
0: Podcast. When, you, when we, our call core, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when we call ourselves okay. Jesus collective Jesus is a disruptor I think yeah Uh, okay we either sit under him or we sit over him and if we sit under him he's gonna disrupt things in me so
2: dang say that again (laughs) we either sit under him or we sit over him we either sit under Jesus
0: or we sit over Jesus and if to follow Jesus as Lord is to allow someone as Lord is to say that person can tell me what to do Mm -hmm. And I know that's like a radical hard to hear thing in our individual individualistic age but I think that's that's the curious thing we're doing like we're saying I need something I'm not put together I have to apprentice Uh, this person's a master and I'm seeing some interesting things here anyway over to you Preston same question
2: well you already meddled
3: okay here's here's what I'm really hopeful for you ready? And let me explain myself. And if someone is like, I'm turning off the podcast, just don't give it like 60 seconds. I'm super hopeful the church historically, about every five hundred years, we're due for a giant rummage sale, right? By our practices and our methods and all that stuff. I'm super hopeful for the deconstruction movement we're in. Amen. I'm very hopeful. Amen. I'm Amen. not I'm not calling it destruction or deconversion. I'm I'm the deconstruction movement. I think Jesus was the original deconstructionist yeah. to be able to say, you've heard it said, but I say unto you, is to tear down and rebuild a new authority. I'm very hopeful that we're at a place where um, information's spreading so quickly and is so accessible and voices are so heard through podcasts or, or the like, that we're able to say, wait a second, This doesn't look like the authority of Jesus. And right now, our cultural moment does still give a lot of authority to the ethics of Jesus. And I'm hopeful for that. I'm hopeful that the people now. here is what it will take. The church has to stop this us first them crap. We have to cut it out that someone who's deconstructing their faith is not the enemy. They might just be our greatest ally at the table.
0: Come on. Yeah.
3: So. I'm very hopeful for that. I know a lot of people will be like, you're hopeful for the deconstruction movement? Yes, because I think Jesus' disciples lead the way. It's a discipline of a disciple, not an atheist. That's my core conviction. So that's where I find myself hopeful. Also think you should
2: it. know that Preston wrote a book called Deconstructing Faith and, and Discovering Jesus, right? Isn't that how it's called? Deconstructing Faith. Yes, but Jenny, Jesus.
3: this was not a plug for that. But yes. But
2: I I think people should read it. And and not only that, like I just um I can't say enough about Preston. He he spends time with people with mm-hmm. Jesus. So you can spend time with Jesus or you can spend time with people, but I truly think like Preston knows how to spend time with people with Jesus. And when you do that, you're going to discover the places where it hurts. So that's where Daughters Club came from. That's where his book came his newest book came from and also i think there's nobody better to lead jesus xp into the next season but preston and so um i hope you guys just like follow him in all the different ways because he's great love it
0: oh jenny
3: that's very kind
0: i (laughs) I did pay her for that so
1: yeah (laughs) yeah
0: well that leads us to our next question but i will say i just let me just name how much i appreciate both both of you today preston jenny I see you. I, I just thank you for spending time with us. It's been such a gift. I, I secretly want Preston to be like my counselor or something. You have such an easy way of talking that I'm like, wow, did he take some sort of like de-escalation um, communication theory? Because you're just, you're a great person to talk to, man. And same with you, Jenny. You, you get me excited. There's a passion there that mm-hmm. I just want to appreciate. And so like, seriously, guys, you, you're a gift. And I think what, what you're providing here is a gift to so many people. So I want to ask the question, like, what's the next step out of this? If there's a church leader or just, you know, someone um, that's listening in today, that's like, I want more information on this. I I want to connect. Um, Where can they find more about JXP and where can they connect with you guys? Cause like, I I do think like, again, you're offering yourselves in this. And so if there's like, let us know, like, for example, you've written a couple of books. Um, yeah. Rustin, feel free. Like, tell us about next steps here.
3: Yeah, the book. So there's two books. One's called The Doubter's Club. So if you're intrigued by that, um, it's how do you live it as a lifestyle. Um, I do. I, I'm a huge advocate if you start a club in your community. But just know there's unbelievers in leadership with you. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not a church. So there's that book. The most recent one was Deconstruct Faith, Discover Jesus. How Questioning Our Religion Can Lead You to a Healthy and Holy God. And um, those are available Amazon or NavPress and Tyndale. W- what I would say if you are wanting to jump in, uh, Jenny would probably have the same thing uh, email us. Like my email is Preston at the dot Email me. Um, go to the Jesus XP.com. If you go to the Jesus XP.com, you can download the material and it's free. You can get all that stuff. Uh, I, I just want people listening to be like redirected towards hope in Jesus and away from whatever other face has been in the mountain. And so we just know if it's helpful, email, if it's helpful, go download the content. If it's helpful. Go buy the book, whatever's helpful, please do it. And if you're like, I don't have a next step outside of that, then just email. Okay. So that would be my answer. Um, Jenny has three assistants. I think you have to go through. No,
2: <laughs> I have zero. I have none. I would give you my phone number right now if it would be easy. But uh, my, follow me on Instagram. That's an easy way. You can send me a message there. Jenny Waldron, J-E-N-N-I. Waldron, W-A-L-D-R-O-N. I'm sure they'll put it in the show notes and that kind of stuff. Um, my email address is so also easy, jenny.waldron at newlife.tv It's TV because com was taken and we couldn't afford buying somebody out. So that's what it is. <laughs> so that's where uh, where you can find me. And um yeah, I just I, I would love to be an encouragement to anyone. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I love to do is to just sit and talk with people and I, I hope it's inspiring. I hope people get a fresh wind like we just, there's so many times that we sit in a corner by ourselves and we're like, probably there's like no hope. And that's just not the message of Jesus. So if we can remind each other that like this whole thing, our whole faith is built on the fact that Jesus has promised to make everything new and he's already at work. And so we need to encourage each other. And so however I can encourage you, that's great. Um, Love to be a part of the conversations like this, love to be a part of events, things like that. So um, anytime, even just like a phone call, I'm i'm down let's go
0: here's a shameless plug for our us now so jenny i believe you are joining us at unite 20 i
1: am it's gonna be so
0: fun if anyone would want to connect with you there you'll be there and
2: and i will literally if you ask me for my phone number i will give it to you and then we can become great friends
0: wow you're so trusting (laughs) one gift basket they get one gift basket one gift basket okay
2: i'll give you my assistance number i wish i had an assistant i should really think about that i don't
3: have one either jenny i,
2: I think no one in our church has assistance like it...
3: yeah we work for people and with people that are like you can you can book your
0: own things and first all, email, think... i'm like mm. most of the time yes
2: yeah sure for
1: Bye. sure
0: Bye. i i appreciate those software things that do it for me anyway over to shauna
1: yes yes <laughs> You, yeah, okay. We're not going to go there. Um, Seriously, you guys, thank you so much for your time, for uh, your wisdom, your vulnerability and transparency in what you shared. I think it was really helpful. Um, And ultimately, I just want to thank you for sharing your hearts. I think that um, our listeners will really uh, glean a lot from listening to this conversation. And uh, please do check out both of their websites. Hit Jenny up for her phone number. Check out Preston's books. Um, engage with what they've got going on. Get the That's- Jesus XP.com for now. Maybe that'll change, but for now, you go to the yeah. Jesus XP p.com to find out more and these guys are just humbly here ready to engage in conversation with anyone who has questions about this thank you guys for your time again thank you listeners for tuning in and for your engagement and check out unite it's coming up you can Mm -hmm. meet jenny in person and maybe she'll drag preston who knows it seems like she can like get him to places if she tries hard enough so thanks for tuning in everyone and we will catch you next time God is at work raising up a movement of churches, ministries, and disciples all around the world that are passionate about advancing a more united and hopeful, Jesus-centered, Jesus-looking kingdom. If you're a listener today, I'm sure you can see and feel that. So, can I ask you today if you'd help us amplify this Jesus-centered movement? Can you share the podcast, blog, and social media channels? We are on a mission to equip a centered set vision of a church renewed by Jesus, by investing in the renewal of its leaders. Would you consider making a financial investment in Jesus Collective today? Is anything stopping you? If not, go to JesusCollective.com. Your investment means we can advance and amplify this Jesus-centered movement, investing in pastors and Christian leaders globally. Hey! And don't forget to make sure to check out our website for upcoming events. We've got a ton of great things happening.